Almost. 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 Major. 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 Holy fucking shit, this is major. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Almost Major, where we talk about the many major studios and the films they released. Today we are on our third episode of our new 80s New Line Cinema miniseries. My name is Kevin Tudor. I'm here with Bryden Doyle. Hello. And Charlie Nash. Hello. And we have a super special guest today. Returning guest, it is Mary Beth McAndrews, as I like to dub her the queen of found footage. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me back for this incredible episode. I'm very ready. <laughs> You're very ready. We all are. Uh, we're talking about today, The Evil Dead from 1981. Folks, this is our first NC-17 movie we're covering. Wait, really? Uh, no, yes. wait. Isn't Center of We've the World NC-17? Unrated. That's unrated. Ah. Uh. Oh, very different, very different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, I'll get into it with the trivia, but yes, our first NC-17. Um, it is kind of crazy. I, I mean, I knew going in, because I've seen this movie a ton of times before, but just reminding myself that this is NC-17 is a little, like, it's not, not extreme, but it's also a little ridiculous to be like, keep the kids away from this one, considering how the wonderfully goopy and cheesy it is at times. Yeah. yeah. The remake of Evil Dead is more extreme than it's rated R. Exactly. Like, I it's that very, is one movie where I'm like, I, I think it's understand. 1980s, like NC 17. You know what I mean? Yes. It's so funny to lump it in with films like I Spit on Your Grave. I'm like, these films yeah. are not like. No. Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. <laughs> I yeah, just like... feel like they're not the same, but hey, <laughs> what do I know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the budget for this was $350,000 opening weekend. I have no idea, folks. Uh, domestic gross of $2.4 million and overall gross of $29.4 million. And those grosses, I'm going to assume, are from, like, years and years and years of screening, so who knows. Um, was, this was screening in the middle to late 1981 in Michigan, but not officially released by New Line until 1983. This was, And it was released April 15th, 1983. And top five films that weekend was uh, Lone Wolf McQuaid, Flashdance, Tootsie, Gandhi and the Outsiders. Uh, sure, yeah. Uh, one ticket for the Evil Dead, please. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> I have only seen Tootsie out of that lineup. <laughs> you haven't seen Flashdance? It sucks. But I have seen not it? seen Flashdance. I've seen it on uh, 4K as a steelbook at Best Buy, which will probably not be there for much longer after last week's wow. news. Yeah. Can't wait for the last the next couple of years, and that's like a story. Like, Best Buy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Best Buy and get a washer and dryer. They used to sell movies here. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, Show I, grandpa. I don't. <laughs> Lone Wolf McQuaid. I do not even know what that is, and that was number one. I Brian, don't either. Anything? No, I don't. I the only ones I've wow. seen. Well, the only ones I've seen the Tootsie and uh, Flashdance and the Outsiders. I think was like the first Coppola I ever saw because I read that book when I was a, a teenager. Yeah, yeah. The Outsiders. The outsiders. Is a, <laughs> As a young girl, I was I was required to like the Outsiders. <laughs> I the I should have seen the Outsiders. I have no excuse. The one time that it was like on when I was over at a friend's house, we just started talking. So like I, I really don't have an excuse, especially considering that cast. I mean, Jesus Christ! I remember <laughs> it's required. It's required watching in Oklahoma, actually. So I <laughs> I, I, I have to watch it every year. Oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot that one of the tracks on um the it's Rumble like the soundtrack. Sorry, go ahead, please. Instead of hunting October Boy, you have to watch The Outsiders. Have you guys seen Dark yeah. Harvest yet? The new David Slade movie? No, is no. it good? No. Oh, okay. Real quick, and then we'll get back yes, to it. Yes, please. They yeah, buried yeah. that movie, and it was not fair. That movie is actually really fucking good. It was dumped on, it was dumped on VOD. It's very good. 
It's silly, but also really gross, and some of the best creature effects of the year. Go watch it. Damn. Right. He, okay. did, he did Hard Candy in 30 Days of Night, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. So it like, looks like that. It's very bloody. It's like him sty- as stylish, but also a very interesting, like a toxic masculinity. Oh, Ooh. It's yeah. very shockingly great, and it's perfect Halloween movie. So, anyway. Awesome. Oh yeah, I'd definitely check that out. Somebody says it's like the Purge meets Pumpkinhead. Uh, oh. I, yeah, with like a where... little bit of sprinkling of the great pumpkin Charlie Brown, and I'm not joking. Wow. <laughs> Motherfucker. I, yeah, I want to see it. Shut up. <laughs> Let me find it. <laughs> I want to see it right Some... now. Oh. Yeah, anyway. Number one song in the U.S. this week is Billie Jean by Michael Jackson. Y'all ever heard that? Uh, the next week, uh, number nope. one song was... Yeah. yeah. The next the next week number one though is Come On Eileen, which is a true ten oh. out of ten track for only one week. Number one song in Canada this week is Mitchell Roboto by Styx. Well, 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 Canada. Um the story behind this song that I've always known is like the lead singer versus like came in, who's like, I got the song about a robot guys and the whole album's gonna be about it and they were just like, We're leaving this fucking band. <laughs> <laughs> Um, plot description from Google, Ashley, quote, Ash Williams, Bruce, Will- Bruce Campbell, this, his girlfriend <laughs> and three pals, Willis. Bruce Willis, I'll, I'll, I'll deep fake that, yeah, um, his girlfriend and three pals hike up into the woods to a cabin for a fun night away, there they find an old book, the Necronomicon, whose text reawakes the dead when it's read aloud, the friends inadvertently release a flood of evil and must fight for their lives or become one of the evil dead, Ash watches his friends become possessed and must make a difficult decision before daybreak to save his own life in this the first of sam raimi's trilogy uh don't think it's that difficult he gives it like five seconds and then just starts chainsawing people but uh written and directed by sam raimi uh prior to this a bunch of shorts including within the woods in 1987 or 1980 1978 my bad which is the basis and kind of test footage for this film after this crime wave 1985 evil dead 2 in 1987 dark man in 1990 army of darkness in 1992 and a simple plan in 1998 check that shit out billy billy bob thornton is fantastic in that uh the spider-man trilogy and drag me to hell in 2009 uh where are we at on sam raby who's your faves least faves everybody yeah really good i still need to see for love of the game though that's where like you know i'm really i'm really <laughs> on the fence <laughs> until i see that one starring bruce campbell as ash williams prior to this basically every sam raimi movie so let's just knock that out of the way uh after this was the lead maniac cop in 1988 and is in maniac cop 2 in 1990 to go back to our bill lustig tip um intruder in 1989 i need to rewatch this i saw it in like seventh grade and really dug it uh he's apparently in the shot on video movie the dead next door from 1989 which i have and i need to watch that the Hudsucker Proxy in 1994, the lead on Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. In ni- from ni- 1993 to 1994, and Bubba Hotep in 2002. And of course, reprised his roles for both Evil Dead games, Evil Dead, Fist- Fistful of Boomstick, and Hell to the King. I've played both of them for a few minutes, and they're basically impossible to play. But um, Whoa, what? I, I was curious about them. They're impossible? <laughs> it's just the type of controls they just... You try uh, to play them on modern shit, and it's just like, why? What? It, what, it, it plays like playing the original Tomb Raider, where you're just like, why do you walk like this? This is uh, impossible. <laughs> um, oh, and of course, uh, uh, 111 episodes of Burn Notice from 2007 to 2013. Um, God, was those of you d- I forgot he was in Burn Notice. <laughs> and for those Good of you who don't him. remember, Burn Burn Notice is a highly rated show that New York Post calls a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That SNL clip is so good. 
Okay, Kevin, I, me- <laughs> I mentioned that we watched the SNL sketch the other uh, last week, and he forgot that he had watched a ton of it. He was like, which one is Burn Notice again? And then he was like, oh, oh no, yeah, wait, I, I watched five watched seasons show. of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, okay, so almost everybody else in this movie really hasn't done much, but I'll point it out if I come across it. Uh, Ellen Sandwise as Cheryl. She even reprised her role in the Evil Dead asymmetrical online game that came out last year, so hell yeah. Uh, Hal Delrich as Scott Betty... Betsy Baker as Linda. Now, she didn't do so much afterwards and stopped acting for over a decade into the late 2000s and has been working ever since on a ton of television shows. Even showed up in The Oz and Great and Powerful and four episodes of Sharp Objects. Oh. And Teresa Tilly as Shelley. Yeah, really weird. Like, from Evil Dead to, like, 2005, just no acting. And then if you go, she has, like, 100 credits in the past decade. Who was she on Sharp Objects? I do did, not know. Also, did anyone else watch uh, that show? Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Like oh I did. Oh, yeah. fuck yeah, I watched yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Kicked ass. Yeah. <laughs> weird, gr- weird girls in the South rollerblading around killing people. That's not actually what the yeah. show's about, but, like, you know. No, that, <laughs> it's that's just what like, I remember it as. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no spoilers, but spoilers, like, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, trivia. The cabin used at. There's a lot of trivia, and I did not even come close to scratching the surface, but I just found the cool stuff. Um, the cabin used as the film set was also lodging for the 13 crew members with several people sleeping in the same room. Living conditions were terrible. I'm going to put a question mark on that. And the crew frequently argued. They say it's terrible because it's cold. Grow up. Um, the cabin that didn't sounds, have plumbing. As someone who has made a film and lived in the set, I could buy that. Yeah. <laughs> I lived in the cabin that we filmed our movie wow. for three and a half weeks. Oh my God. With the other, with the writer and one of our producers and also random people who didn't have places to stay. So I can understand that. <laughs> did you at least have like basic plumbing and it wasn't freezing cold we outside? We did. We had, okay. it was hot. We had basic plumbing but it, it was a log cabin and like there was concrete and stuff but there were still little gaps like it was actually like a cabin like a man oh, built it for awesome. his wife it's cool yeah anyway but yeah. what was it so the actress went days without showering and felt ill frequently in the freezing weather grow up by the end of the production they were burning furniture <laughs> to stay warm the temperatures were so cold at times during shooting that the camera and other wiring froze they then had to be thawed by the fireplace inside the cabin sound beautiful I would love to live there um, the original script called for all the characters to be smoking weed when they were first listening to the tapes. The actors decided to try this for real, and the entire scene had to be later reshot due to the uncontrollable behavior. They got too high. <laughs> what do you want? I believe Let's all it. smoke weed. This will be great. All right, take 28. God damn it. What did you think? Like, I can only imagine what that looked like. I want it so bad. I want that, yeah. like, on a cut. <laughs> I'm sure they have blooper reels. I was watching the start of... Uh, some uh, making of documentary from like Anchor Bay DVD back in the day, and it had a bunch of setup shots and a bunch of stuff I'd never seen before. So I assume that's probably out there. I need mm. I need to see the gang getting high. I need to see that. Um, after completing principal photography in the winter of '79 through '80, most of the actors left the production. However, there was still much of the film to be created. So most of the second half of the film features Bruce Campbell and various stand-ins to replace the actors who left. Um, at the end of a quote-unquote normal day of shooting, Bruce Campbell will return home in the back of a pickup truck because he was covered in fake blood from head to toe, just a king. Um, I'm surprised that there's not, like, a story on this movie like other ones where, like, cops pulled him over. And he's like, wait, wait, I can explain. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, 
The film's first cut ran at around 117 minutes, which Bruce Campbell called an impressive achievement in light of a 65-minute length of the screenplay. <laughs> it was then edited down to a more remarkable 85 minutes. The original version was conceived as a horror drama with an occasional joke thrown in. After watching the first cut, uh, everybody agreed that it should just be a straight-up horror movie. At one point, Bruce Campbell's shirt that he wears in the film was so saturated with the fake blood that after drying it by the fire, the shirt became solidified and broke when he tried to put it on. <laughs> On. hell yeah <laughs> wow another side note that almost happened to a pair of pants on set because there was so much dried blood in a pair of this boy's pants that we put Whoa. on him and they were solid wow, wow. that's great. so awesome <laughs> i tried to wash them no <laughs> was, it like, God, no. Uh, w- no. was it like that spongebob episode where he keeps ripping his pants that just happened during a take <laughs> 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 just breaks in half because they're solidified <laughs> yeah I've never in my life and probably will never be in my life say be like, oh I'm sorry, I can't I can't go anywhere. My pants are solidified. I, I can't do it. He was like so soaked in blood at one point because of what we had to do to him that like we have a picture of him just being like, I have to take my pants off and he just had his boxers on and like had his pants down. He's like, I'm so damp from the amount of blood uh, on my body right now. <laughs> oh, that's oh. This is the gl- most glowing endorsement for your movie ever. I know. I was like, I'll um, just talk about the blood. I feel like that amount of blood that we had, like, that'll be enough to get people. These pants were solid. <laughs> so what I'm saying so awesome. is I made the next Evil Dead. No, I'm just kidding. Absolutely not. No, I did not. I would never, ever claim that. I wish. But anyway. Sorry, um, I keep interrupting. With no, please. No, it's, it's incredible. I love yes. it. Uh, Sam Raimi originally wanted the title of the film to be Book of the Dead, but pro- the producer changed the title to The Evil Dead for fear that kids would be turned off seeing a movie with a literary <laughs> reference. <laughs> I'm not watching that shit. There's reading in it. Man, if only they'd learned that lesson with the Blair Witch Project sequel. And I'm like, Book of Shadows? Oh, <laughs> too much. <laughs> That's why that movie yeah. bombed, right? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 because I put a book in it. <laughs> yeah. There's not a book in it. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's just in the goddamn title. Um, the film was shown to Stephen King, and it was his glowing endorsement, which later reused on the film's ads and posters of the film, which really oh. sold it to the public. The film was bought by New Line Cinema soon afterwards. The film was initially released in the U.S. by New Line, with the X rating revised to an NC-17 in 1994. Home video copies produced by Anchor Bay are uncut and unrated because the licensing studio was not contractually obligated to provide an MPAA rating. This is one of the original video nasties. And uh, lastly, I thought this was this was cute. Uh, Lucy Lawless saw the film upon release. She was appalled, particularly by the infamous Vine rape sequence, and wondered what kind of horrible people would make such a film. Ironically, she would later marry the film's producer, Rob Tappert, and work in productions <laughs> directed by and produced by Sam Raimi. I just thought that was, was a cute say, little melting of words. They're homies. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Bruce Campbell and Ted Raimi are in a lot of Xena episodes together. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many, so much more trivia, and I cannot even begin to scratch the surface, so I would just leave it at that. But initial thoughts. Um, Everybody had seen this prior besides Bryden, correct? Bryden, you gotta go first. You've never seen it before? No. I guess it's because, like, my gateway. Well, I mean, this might be interesting, because sometimes it's interesting when we talk about, like, a major director, like, what our gateways into a director was. I mean, I was the right age for, like, watching the Spider-Man movies when they came out. I don't know if that was everyone else's gateway, like, because I feel like, well, I don't know. I'm curious to hear. My little brother um, loved, Sam, loved the Spider-Man movies because my brother is nine years younger than me. And so those movies came out, like, when he, I think the first one came out in 2000 and 
two. Two? Two. Yeah. Two. I was and he 10. was born in 2002, yeah. which is... <gasps> wow. Um, yeah. My That's possible? <laughs> Apparently... Um, yeah. he, was born, he was born after 9-11, which is very weird. Um, That's impossible. Okay, sure. <laughs> but it was his hyperfixation movie, and so we watched Spider-Man, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, like, every day for, like, a year. Wow. <laughs> you're just, like, coming home from school, you're just like, everything's gonna be all good, and then you just hear Chad Kroger being like, I am so high, and you're like, God damn it! <laughs> yeah, I was like, Bonesaw is not ready for this. <laughs> Isn't Octavia Spencer the one who signs Peter up and she's like, may God be with you? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. For that yes, match. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I noticed be it you. because I, I rewatched it in lockdown. I was like, oh my God, that's Octavia Spencer. Never knew. Um, yeah, that was my first gateway too. I saw Spider-Man, the first one when I was in theater, when it was in theaters. I was, no, I was 11. I was 11. Yeah. And then, yeah, as soon as I got into horror movies, Evil Dead was my gateway too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Brian, continue. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I, I had never seen this. So, yeah, I'd never seen this one before. The only other Evil Dead movie I'd seen was weirdly the the new one uh, because uh, it, that one was directed by an Irish filmmaker. And I'm doing this resolution this year where I decided to watch movies by Irish filmmakers. So, that was when I was like, well, going on the list. Uh, watch that one before the original. Um, but um, Kicks ass, doesn't it's it? It's fun. Um, I, I, yeah. I think this one I like more. I do like this one more, uh, the, the, the Raimi one, because I think it's, I just sort of, I admire, I guess it's, uh, it's a uh, single mindedness in a way where it is just like a shock machine. I feel like evil dead rise. That one kind of falters when it is trying to like get like the emotional core or try to be about something like I'm like thinking, what exactly is that movie saying about motherhood? And also like, what are these uh, performances? It's like, and then you look up like everyone turned everyone. No one is like playing like where they're originally from. Like they're all like doing American accents. I'm like, yeah, I can tell like uh, they're, they're, it's kind of like stilted, I would say, but, uh, but no, that movie's like very fun when it like settles into just like the unrelenting, gore gags and stuff um this one is good i don't like the this is not anywhere close to my favorite sam raimi movie i think i i i warm, I warm a little bit more towards like his blend his later blends of sort of like the the over-the-top gruesome violence and the and like a sincere emotional core as well as like the wicked sort of humor like i think drag me to hell is like is probably like a a nastier but like that's that's what i i sort of gravitate towards uh because like i feel like that one it is I like have the emotional. Have you seen Evil Dead too? I haven't. That so you know what that, that, that okay. That's a so you haven't copy. seen Evil. You haven't seen any of the other Evil Dead. Okay. No, I was just curious. I was like, wait, hold. On. I just need to understand where you're at. Totally. With Sam Raimi. Mm-hmm. To under- okay. Oh, it's important context. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I just there, there's always so much time. I I, I I didn't leave myself enough time to catch up with that, but I will. I, I'm gonna watch them. I liked this one. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. But um, yeah. No, uh, this one's good. I I, I did. I'm going to try to talk about this and like not sound like unenthusiastic because I did enjoy it, but like uh, it was, um, I'm trying to think of what exactly was holding me back. I'm not entirely sure. Um, I mean, it's like, I'll just start by talking about what I liked. I I loved um, the camera movements and everything where like, you know, you're sort of like, uh, Mm -hmm. it seems like you'll be like, I I mean, I love how like at the end of the movie went, like it seems like it's just an ordinary shot of the leaf and everything, like looking down and then the camera starts, you know, whooshing towards the house and like you know tilting all over the place it's really tricking you about what perspective that you're taking on and um i do think the humor there is like slivers of humor uh which is like something that like uh, like i i think one of the jokes that i love in the movie is when like he's walking in the cellar when bruce campbell's walking in the cellar and he walks through like the big bloody puddle and you just see like a like a floating box of band-aids it's sort of like it's like just underlining the futility of band-aids at that point in the situation made me think of one of one of my favorite jokes in the movie i watched this year was um 
or I caught up with this year was uh, Starship Troopers, where like every time someone gets injured or like killed, like they yell medic, and it'll be like someone's yeah. like left with the brains <laughs> blown out. And it's like that's that's not going to help anyone at this point. Um, Past that point, yeah. And um, uh, I, I I did uh, enjoy this. Uh, I, I, the 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 sort of like the sound design and the score were like the things that really like stuck with me. And everything sort of like almost sounding like gastrointestinal almost like lots of like squel- squelching it sounds like it's coming from someone's innards and or anything it's like really really like i mean it, it, i mean that's like almost like you know gross to listen to itself and like you could like almost hear like the life like draining out of like the the movie as like you know the situation just worsens or anything where it's sort of like like this droning music that like you know you can hear it like just sort of like getting more and more distorted um it and the makeup effects are pretty incredible just like the array of colors that like you know it's like the level of detail like you know where it's like not just like gray and red but also like a little bit of green a little bit of yellow at like the top of like someone's forehead and like you know it is like really there is like a real sense of like gooey texture that like i mean one of the things i was hearing about when the new one came out was like people saying like oh cgi blonde that's is it as effective as the original one well, I'm fine. I, I like that movie because it is just, just so unrelentingly gross where it is like, I mean, similar to this one really, people are just like getting, are, the, the, the growing frustration with being covered in so much blood and everything where like it's like drenching someone's face and like, you know, matting their hair down. Um, but like there is like something to be said about this movie where like, you know, I can like think like that person's like when like all the bodies are like just like decomposing. I'm like, oh, what's that like thing that looks like mashed potatoes is coming out of that guy's neck hole and everything? It's just like it's mashed potatoes. It is mashed potatoes, <laughs> probably. <laughs> no, I'm just probably. It probably no, is. I, I love it. I mean, like it looks. I mean, it's not realistic, I guess, but like, yeah, but like, it is like it's the grosser choice and everything because it looks like you know wet and real, like something that you could touch and everything. Real in the sense of like I could actually like. I could touch what that is and everything. Whereas like, you know, I guess the CGI is like, doesn't always have that tactile, that sense of tactility. Um, uh, yeah, no, I, I enjoyed this. I think it's maybe like, maybe this was my fault. Like coming into this movie, like, you know, after seeing a lot of his later movies and everything, I just sort of like, I maybe am a little more of a fan with like his more of his more polished work. Polish isn't the problem because this movie is like really well cut together. You know, we'll talk about phenomena and everything. And I like that movie, you know, that movie we're talking next week and everything. But that movie's a little like, um, a little jagged, I would say, in its editing rhythms and ways that are a little disorienting. Um, whereas this one, I feel like, you know, it's, it's a lot slicker. Um, and sometimes that's just my speed. Um, but no, I, 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 I this is like a, I can totally see why he became like a big filmmaker off of this one. And I, I, I it's fun to see like, you know, his bag of like, tricks and like his sort of mordant sense of humor uh uh developing uh early on um i think i just like him i, I feel like he he sort of wields it, he melts his tones a little bit uh more to my liking uh uh in his later movies like dark man and drag me to hell but that's just being uh i i like this yeah. it's, it's obviously it, a very you see story. that you see that a lot well because again like it is one of his first movies so it's it is really interesting that you're seeing it after seeing so many more of his more polished things when he had way bigger budgets yeah. and it wasn't just like him and his friends fucking around in the woods of Michigan, I think is where yes. they made it. Yeah. Um, I, and like, like you were talking about the editing, it is real. It's like, you can totally see how this movie influenced so many other movies in terms of like cinematography and editing style. Like so many movies ape on that, especially evil Dead. when you see evil dead Two, when like he really, they really did like the crazy editing with like the chainsaw arm and everything. Cause 
The chainsaw arms only need a little too, right? He doesn't get the, he doesn't get the yeah because yeah. yeah that's right. I always even though I've seen them both a million times, I get them mixed up a little bit in my head about like what happens in which one. But um, because this one obviously is not funny as like the second one is obviously much more. That's legitimately but... scary, dude. Like people yeah. forget, like no, the first this... one is legitimately scary. Yeah, like, it is scary. Yeah, it's not... And Evil Dead 2 is kind of talked about more because of how crazy and weird it is, but Evil Dead 1... The, the OG is scary. It's a scary movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's a scary movie. Mary Beth, you were talking about a little bit, but what are your, what's been your history, your initial thoughts with uh, Evil Dead? So, I actually... It's funny, it's funny, because the Evil Dead um, trilogy is one of the first things that my husband showed me when we started dating in college um we had like an evil dead movie marathon because he's a big evil it was a big evil dead fan and so we watched all three one weekend and i was obsessed with them so um thank you to steve for introducing me to the evil dead and getting me to watch it and i've just always loved everything about it i love sam raimi the quick and the dead is very good i've watched that recently and it is such a good underrated western from sam raimi uh high highly recommend sharon stone isn't it (laughs) and she's really good i have it's interesting i love the evil dead but i obviously have like a complicated feelings about like the rape the tree the tree vine rape scene that i think is like so defining of it Mm -hmm. and i always i sometimes forget about it because it's so like I know that, like, Raimi has, I think, expressed regret for having that scene in the movie and has talked about how he kind of wishes they hadn't done it. And I can see it's like it's one of these things where it's like I understand why they did it is an incredibly shocking and memorable moment. But the problem then arises when people want to recreate it. And like, I always feel like weird. And people are like, mm, but what? like, he did it. I'm like, yeah, but it wasn't great that he did it in the first place. Yeah. Um, Just this like. You know, possession, raping, like literal rape as possession, like possession as rape and as the whole thing. Again, it's a, it's 1980. I know that it's a different time, but it's just, you know, it's a weird mark in this movie that is like, and, and again, I think it adds to the horror of it. And I also really like, and I, I bring it up because I think I also really like, like isn't the right word here, <laughs> how they handle it in Fetty Alvarez's uh, like remake, read. I love how they do it only because they have her have the agency and kind of t- winning have as I, have you all seen it the, the new oh one? i i love it it's it's okay. maybe Sorry, my favorite right, and then, horror movie of 2010s that's okay. it's incredible right, and i'm spoiling things um totally. but even though she goes through that she kind of has like the final girl revenge like i kind of can see i have a whole thing about how that movie could even be seen as like a rape revenge movie if you really want to take like her getting raped and being essentially murdered by the demon but she comes back Mm. while it's her brother she comes back and fights whatever but i think that gives a little bit more agency to the character rather than just you know as we've seen in the 80s raping as like this kind of spectacle of the worst way possible something could happen to a woman and putting it on screen and i also think they did an interesting thing in evil dead rise they like pay homage to it but they don't go full yeah and I was actually really into that because I was like, I love how they played with that, but they didn't go the full like sexual assault route. But it's still fucked up how they did it in Evil Dead Rise in terms of just right. like how she's hanging. Because it looks kind of like, you know, Shibari, Shibari, like rope, 
practices, like Japanese rope time, where people hang. Like, it's usually, yeah. it's kind of, it's a kink thing, and you get tied up in these, like, really intricate knots, and it kind of looked like that in a really fucked up way, like, she was getting hung like that, and I was like, oh my god, it's so uncomfortable, and I think yeah. it's, 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 the legacy of that scene, I think, is just really interesting to track throughout, um, like, the iterations of the Evil Dead, and how people have either decided to stay away from it, or confront it, and I think it is really interesting how they, how different films have kind of confronted it and integrated it in. I kind of, I like it. I feel like this is also a movie that it's just like, it's really hard to get really deep into it where you're not just like, I don't know, it's just cool, you know, or maybe I mean, I'm like, just Evil kind Dead's of dumb. It's not like a deep movie. That's the only well, part no. that I ever really get, think about. <clears throat> Cause I mean, as we've all talked about a million times, I'm a big rape revenge, like sexual assault on screen person. But the rest of it is just like a good old fashioned fucked up people in the woods. Like, one of the OG Cabin in the Woods. Is this not, if not the, like, one of the OG, like, Cabin in the Woods movies? It's gotta be. Yeah. I don't, I, no, because. Well, I mean, where's Friday the 13th set? I haven't seen those movies, but those are, like, camp cabins. up. those are camp, camp, yeah, but it's, like, camp on a lake. And it's, like. Yeah. It's close. So, it's close, but yeah. Uh, this close one's also ish. a much better film yeah. than Friday the 13th, in my opinion. Oh, the original one. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I, 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 I haven't seen Friday the 13th. I, I, um, I, but yeah, sorry. That was me. I mean, I, I'd also say Friday the 13th is like, yeah, since it is at a camp, I feel like the sense of like total isolation is better defined both in terms of the atmosphere and the, the claustrophobia of it here. I feel like Friday the 13th is much more open in terms of where they're able to run to, if that makes any sense. Yeah. yeah. Evil Dead, and you can't like leave. there's roads and cars, and like it's a little bit easier. It's not as secluded mm-hmm. as... Um, if it, if it's not the first Cabin in the Woods movie, it's the first big Cabin in the Woods movie, because if we're not yeah. thinking of anything else, then yeah. Love this movie. Love the sequel. Army of Darkness took me a while to like, but I recently rewatched it, and I was just like, there's skeletons playing flute bones. Why do I not love this movie? So, um, And then the remake, like I just said, is maybe my favorite horror movie of the 2010s. I fucking love that movie so much. Just the most... No- that was put out by a major studio, and that just blows my Still, mind uh, now. And I saw that in theaters. What studio was that? Film District. So, so we might cover that yeah. someday. Um, yeah. Also, really quickly... Um, are any of you excited for Alvarez's uh, Alien movie coming out? That should be interesting. Fuck yes. Yeah. Fuck yes. Oh, yeah. I don't like... Uh, I feel... Uh, Al- uh, <clears throat> Good God. Alvarez, to me, has been missing a lot. And I didn't like Don't Breathe 2. Did not like the new Texas Chainsaw. I know he didn't direct that one technically, but I think he wrote it or I, like, did a bunch of it. He's behind it. He also did Girl the Spider Slip, which was not great. <laughs> oh my god, we I forgot about that. that movie. Yeah. We all remember that. Yeah. I don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> yeah. I just and I know everyone was like today, I think everyone was like, Ridley Scott said it's really good. And I was like, Well, I mean, okay, maybe it is. I don't know. I'm a hater. <clears throat> I just think after Don't Breathe 2, I was like, I don't like this guy very much at all. So maybe he'll maybe he'll surprise me because I loved Evil Dead. I just haven't been a big fan of a lot of his stuff recently. I so- haven't been either. I didn't even love, I'd say the Evil Dead remake is, well, to be fair, I haven't even seen Don't Breathe 2, but I didn't even like Don't Breathe that much. And I think Don't Breathe, 
I liked it for it's about cool. an hour, and then I oh, felt the like the last half completely hour completely different. The first hour is, lost is badass because yeah. I I loved the moral ambiguity of the first hour, and then the second. I sometimes think Fetty Alvarez might not like women very much. That's the other thing is like it just got really gross, but not in a way that I thought was provocative. I just felt like it was exploitative and not not in any good way. Like it it it, it just completely yeah it it made me feel really icky. And again, like like well, you, don't Mary Beth. See, don't breathe too, because he's <laughs> like, what if the rapist was was vindicated? And I was yeah. like, oh brother. Well, yeah. I don't. I paid. I paid. I paid my own U.S. dollars to see that movie in movie theaters, so I could write about it for someone. <laughs> oh wow! What the fuck. <laughs> yeah, because I guess so angry. I, I guess I'm just hyped because, like, even though I'm just like, yeah, don't breathe's fine. I haven't seen Don't Breathe too. He made Girl with the Whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, all that. But it's just like he has so much goodwill just with the Evil Dead that I'm just like, maybe he's going to take that goodwill that he had like 10 years ago to go to Alien. If not, oh, well, maybe he's just a one hit wonder. But I just just love Evil Dead so much that I just hope so. They did TCM so dirty, I thought. I mean, I don't know if you guys feel the same way. But I... I I like it a lot, actually. Okay. Look, I know... you are not alone, it, and I know that I am for particularly like don't do not like this movie camp, and that is okay. That's okay. Well, with that one, I went in and I was just like, this is gonna suck because the last nineteen have sucked, and I was like, that movie hates children. This movie kicks ass. <laughs> <laughs> and then it like it tried to bring back the Sally character, and I was like, oh brother. And then they just kill her off two minutes in, and I was like, oh hell yeah, dude. This oh, movie see, doesn't give a shit. Red. I was like, why did you even do it? Um, any <laughs> like just don't do it. Just be different, but that you know, that's okay. The bus massacre was cool. I will, I'll give it that. That was cool. Yeah, it kicked ass. Um, but yeah, and then Evil Dead Rise, fucking loved that. That was awesome. So, this is, it's like when people are just like, "What's the best series?" I never think about Evil Dead, but damn near every single one is like just phenomenal. And I can't say that about any other series. There's ones that have a lot of good ones like Nightmare on Elm Street which we're going to cover I think that has the most good movies of the entire series so if we're talking about like Child's Play I recently went through those last year and there was like only one that I didn't like I was very surprised on that series it's really good I also recently watched all of them and was like hold on they're like actually good and then I was like "Uh, let me put on this remake I'm sure this sucks and I was like it's kind of cool too (laughs) I didn't even watch the remake I just watched the Do- I watched the Don Man- I watched the Don Mancini ones. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, remake's kind of cool. That's also a top tier fuck them kids movie. Boy howdy. Um, I mean, hey, I love a fuck them kids movie. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't don't really have anything deeper awesome to say other than Evil Dead rules and all the other ones rule too. So, Charlie, what do you got? Uh, yeah, uh, my first exposure to this, oddly enough, I'm wondering if anyone else, uh, remember. Well. I assume some of you remember it, but Donnie Darko, where they go to see Evil Dead, and oh. then Frank shows up oh, yeah. in the theater. That was my first exposure. Like, I knew what it was, obviously, but I think I was like 14 or 15 when I first saw Donnie Darko and then watched Donnie Darko religiously yeah. uh, over and over again. Ah, um, yes. One of you. I, one of us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I forgot... Every time I watch this movie, and I've seen it a few times, but I hadn't seen this since, like, I want to say college or maybe even high school but I did watch it a ton as a teenager I forgot that even in Donnie Darko there's the sound of the 
the chair, the the swinging wooden chair that's like knocking against the house. They even use that diegetically in Donnie Darko to break up the tension, which I thought was awesome. Oh, and, yeah. I need to watch Donnie Darko again. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Um, and um, but yeah, I I love this movie. Uh, like all of you were saying, I mean, I I like Sam Raimi a lot. Um, I've seen most of his movies. I haven't seen Oz the Great and Powerful or Doctor Strange 2 or whatever. And you know what? I don't, I'm fine with that. Maybe he'll catch up with them, up with them someday. I don't know. Like, <laughs> they're all, they're all gibberish to me. All the Marvel yeah. movies. I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be a grouch. I literally just don't understand what's going on half the time. And that's because I don't watch, I don't know what's going on ever. Oh, oh like, me, okay. me neither. I, there was a period of time where I saw, I, I, I stopped after I think Infinity War. No, I didn't see Endgame because I just realized, you know what? These just aren't for me and that's okay. But even Infinity War, I was like, I know I've seen these, like most of these at this point. And I thought that character died and then that character's alive again and then they died again. And <laughs> I, uh, like, yeah. Um, but, um, I, you know, I would rank this up there with probably my favorite Sam Raimi movies. I'd say Gun to My Head, Evil Dead 2 is my favorite, but I do love this mm. one almost as much. And I grew up, uh, as I mentioned before, the Spider-Man trilogy was my gateway because I was pretty young. And um, I still think the first two films are really, really solid. In fact, I rewatched those in lockdown with my roommate and we were just like, God, like, remember when these movies, like, had a director who gave them style and, like, they were choreographed? I mean, speaking of superhero movies, that being said, that was before Doctor Strange 2 came out. I don't, I have not seen that one. I would hope there's some Ramiisms in there. I've heard mixed things. Is, did anyone see that one? <laughs> I did not see it, but I heard Which it's like. Again? Oh, uh, Doctor the, Strange His Doctor too. Strange. I mean, yeah, like, I guess. Uh, oh, but, like, I, but, did I watch it? I did watch it. Yes. Yeah. I did watch it. Sorry. Oh my god. I was like, I, they, the, again, Doctor Strange to me is just like absolutely like incomprehensible. Like I couldn't. I watched the first one and was like, what? Is that is that Benjamin Bratt? What's he doing in here? That was the most confusing <laughs> thing. Like, Dillow Swims in it. Yes. As as an Asian man. Yeah, there was some controversy oh. around that. I think. Um, but it's it's fine. It's fun. But I, again, it's it's hard. It's not, you can't, it doesn't feel like Sam Raimi because it's in the machine. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it doesn't have the, the Raimi feel as much because he's, I mean, what, I don't even probably, I feel like the directors of these Marvel movies, like, don't do shit. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like they're probably just plopped in the chair and, like, you can make a couple decisions, but, like, everything's pretty much planned out, like, where you have to go in mm -hmm. terms of all the crazy story beats. I think even Nia DaCosta, who did uh, the Candyman that came out remake that came out like a couple of years ago, recently did an interview where she was just like, "I mean, whatever. I got a paycheck now. I can do whatever I want to do." <laughs> like, and I think some people were Which like, "I hope so." Yeah, I, hope so. I kind of love how transparent she is. Where she was like, "I don't know. It's what Kevin she... Feige's movie. Whatever. What who cares?" Did... What did she direct? <laughs> uh, the Marvels. The Marvels. I think is what's coming out. That yeah, she did. it's coming out. Oh, it's not out yet though. Okay. Yeah. I was like, no, but she did Chloe give an Zhao interview. Did the Eternals. <laughs> we all remember that. See. I did we not see. That. I did see I mean, the exactly. If you get the if you get the Marvel check, then you can make whatever fucking indie movie you want after that. Yeah, one hopes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yet we haven't gotten another Sam Raimi film since Doctor Strange too. So uh, that was like last year. So you know, like, give us some time. <laughs> but you know. make it happen. Someone He's needs to make it happen. He's putting his name behind movies like that weird movie with Bill Skarsgård. That's like a video game. That was at TIFF, oh. but apparently wasn't oh, very wow. good. 
And, oh no! Right, and he also put his name behind a uh, crawl, which that was actually pretty solid. But yeah. oh hell yeah! Um, yeah, I think a lot of the, I think he's just doing a lot of producing now. Sure. And you know what? Good for yeah. him. And by producing, yeah. I mean I think people give him scripts, and he's like, "Cool, I'll put my name on that," and then he yeah. just gets to like vibe. And honestly, great, good for him. Yeah. <laughs> um, one quick question. What a life. One quick question, actually, because I, I I think, Kevin, you mentioned it at the start of the episode. I never watched, I mean, like I said, I'm new to this this series, but did any of you watch the, it was stars that did Ash versus the Evil Dead. Did any of you watch that? I, I've heard, actually, mm-hmm. that was kind of solid. Um, I haven't. Okay. I my curious. husband, my husband watched some of it, and he said it was good, but I never watched any of it. Um, but Lucy Lawless is in that, too. Remember, oh, speaking wow. of Lucy Lawless, but my daughter, <laughs> she's in it. Um, wow. For a couple seasons, I think. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I watched, like, the first two episodes. I was like, I get it, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, that movie you were talking about, Mary Beth, is called Boy Kills World, which... Sure. Yes. Oh, I see what they did there. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, I, I... So, I watched... I, I think... So, I started with the first two... Or first three Spider-Man movies, and then this was the one that I watched after that. And it was really cool, I remember, as a teenager, to point out, like after having seen this, like, all the Evil Dead-isms that are in the other Spider-Man movies, like, especially think of Spider-Man 2, where Doc Ock wakes up for the first time and it's tentacle vision or whatever, and it's just watching that That, now. That part is so good. It's amazing. Spider-Man 2 is so good. It's so good. I don't even hate... My I'm husband curious. and I sing... We, we pretend to be Alfred Molina singing um, If I Was a Rich Man. In the, in the, have you seen that deleted scene of him in the Doc Ock outfit <laughs> yes. singing it? Yeah. Yes. My husband and I quote him singing that all the time. And it, I just think it's so funny. And, and we loved, I just I love Alfred Molina, so him being Doc yes. Ock was just so good. So it's, my brother hyper fixated on that movie. I was like, fuck yeah, I'm cool with that. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy how you go back and you watch those movies even today and now they're 20 years old, which good Lord makes me feel old. Um, and they still hold up. They're still such like they are obviously big budget studio movies, but the Raimi-isms, Raimi's like whole personality just flows within every single frame of that thing. The first two, especially even the third one, which I know I remember when that came out and people were like, the hell is this? And it's not very good. I will take it over a million of these other Marvel entries because it at least has a personality and you could at least see Sam Raimi fighting to hold on to any semblance of his own spirit that helped make the first two. But then to go back and watch this and see something that was just, I, I love, you know, it was a big gateway for, like, not just um, the horror genre, but for, like, low-budget horror for me. Like, I mean, we were talking about it already with, you know, the goop and, you know, the mashed potato-type special effects and stuff like that. And just, you know, I remember just certain images, like, at one point where, I mean, one of the biggest... Uh, one of the effects that still gets me is the blunt, unsharpened pencil going into the Achilles oh, yeah. heel. And then later just, you know, it infecting her with like watercolor effects, like stuff like that. I just remember being a teenager and being like, I've never seen anything like this before. And we still haven't, we will never get anything like this again today, even though the franchise is going with the TV series, as we mentioned in the other movies. I also, I, I'm sorry, I liked Evil Dead, the remake, okay, but I thought it was, you know, I thought the gore was pretty effective and impressive, but then it just kind of became monotonous through this one tone. And then Evil Dead Rise, I'm sorry, I just felt like it was kind of a movie with Evil Dead tacked onto it, where it felt like 
kind of two movies crazy glued into one with all the Evil Dead references and stuff like that. And yeah, it was kind of the same thing for me where I just felt like the dour tone, the tone came off as very dour to me and very self-serious. And yeah, as you mentioned, Bryden, like the themes on motherhood and all this stuff, I was just kind of like, this isn't really why I go to an Evil Dead movie. You know, I kind of go for the schlockiness and the goofiness and the charm and the gore it definitely you know supplied on gore but that just it just didn't work for me it just felt very one note i don't think they're like the worst things ever or like an affront to horror or anything like that but i just left i remember leaving both feeling a little disappointed but re-watching this film for the first time since i've seen either of those made me fall back in love with just these types of yeah fun uh, you know horror movies that were just made by you know geeks who love making this kind of stuff like the passion and the in, uh, behind it is just abundant in every fucking scene and this time around i did think it was interesting because mary beth i know you, t- you touched upon the tree rape which has always been you know troubling for me as well um there was one thing i noticed this time around which i i don't know if this is even going for anything intentionally but all of the possessed the demons in this one i didn't pick up on this until recently and maybe i'm just a dumb dumb but it's mainly the two men fighting off against the women in this one which i thought was kind of interesting i know that scott does get possessed very late into the game of course but it, i checked and there were only 10 minutes left and there were some interesting things that i didn't remember like when they find the book of the dead and they find the blade with the skeleton on it and scott says like yeah it kind of looks like your ex-girlfriend huh and i was kind of like oh like i i don't know if that you know and i it's i like just the most beautiful example of 1980s masculinity you know what i mean like it's like one of it's like it's one of those things when you go back and watch these movies and you're like I just have to remember <laughs> that sometimes things in society were kind of shitty. And it's hard when your faves have a movie where it's basically men having an excuse to hit women. And I don't, and I, and that is not me saying that Sam Raimi hates women and that Sam Raimi wants to hit women. Anyone listening to this who is, tr- who is, doesn't have reading comprehension slash listening comprehension, but it is mostly a really weirdly indicative of what horror was, though. You know what I mean? Like, it's the women are the weak ones that get possessed and the men must fight them. And it's just and like making comments about women and their bodies. And it's just very immature because, again, it's film bro's first movie in the woods. You know what I mean? Like, it's got a little a teeny bit of that immaturity in it. That I don't think is like super obvious, but like you're saying, I think it's sprinkled in there with those kinds of comments and like that those kinds of moments. Do I was wondering if it's almost like I I do I agree with you. It's a little it's certainly a little immature, but I'm wondering if it's almost like almost accidentally interesting to view as an artifact these days. You know, like I I was curious because, um, you know, I was thinking about how. I forgot that the the tree rape scene was the first big scare that happens. And then nobody, first of all, nobody believes her. Nobody really, you know, Ash is the only person who's kind of like, man, you didn't have to keep playing that. And he was like, what? You were playing it too. And then she runs out in the woods and she's telling everyone what's going on. No one believes her. She's the first one to get possessed. And then everyone's just kind of even like they're just kind of nonchalant i mean it's even kind of funny at one point ash is just like don't worry we'll all go home together well i guess you kind of 
cut that person up, but then it'll, it'll be okay. Like that type of thing. I'm like, I was like, I, and you know, it doesn't even have to be deep. But part of the reasons I love this movie are also for just superficial art aesthetic reasons that are just make it a, you know, a sick blast to watch. But I was just kind of like noticing little things that as a teenager, I didn't pick up on this time around, which I thought maybe it is juvenile. Maybe it's a little immature. Maybe it's not, it's naive too, or not even intentional, but I did think, that stuff was interesting. I was wondering if anyone else picked up on it during this viewing. Yeah. Um, well, I do think it's interesting. I feel like people probably talk about this when I talk about the movie, but it's interesting how Ash doesn't immediately seem like he's going to be the main character of the movie because he is like, you know, he's in like the, he's got the window seat, like, you know, crammed in like in the back, in the back of the car and everything. And like when, when, uh, I think it's when, I, I don't remember who it is that gets possessed, but um, when uh, Scott is like, you know, trying to take charge or anything, he's like, you know, occupying he's like a little bit more closer to the foreground and thing whereas ash is kind of like huddled up against like the back of the back in the background and everything because he doesn't know what to do he just seems kind of frozen and everything and then like scott is the one who like i guess finds it a little easier to tap into that side of him where he is willing to do these awful uh, these yeah uh, uh, very barbaric things to like you know uh fight back and everything and then there is the moment i think campbell plays this very well and everything where when he is um He's confronting his possessed girlfriend and he's like slap and he like is like slapping her a bunch and everything. And there is like a moment where she's like, you know, centered in the shot and everything. And he like gets this moment of like, you know, reflection where he like is like he kind of like seems aware of what he's done and he's seems perturbed by like what he's been pushed to and everything. And like that's kind of I guess like and you know, I think you're right in that there is like sort of an I, I think there would be something there if the movie fleshed its characters out a little bit more. And I'm not saying I need like an entire movie where like we need like uh, all this backstory about like the lore of like the book of the dead and about like all the characters relationships like that. I like how lean this movie is. And again, how single minded it is, it's just like, you know, sort of a scare machine. Cause it's a very well oiled scare machine, but it's again, it, it, it maybe, I, I think there is maybe some, some merit to the points that are being brought up where like maybe those like sort of shocking bits of violence uh, are maybe rain a little bit hollow uh, in terms of like what they signify, because like maybe there isn't as much going on there. And you know, it, it Obviously, you can like the movie still. I like the movie too, but it's like you're. you're it, I think it's important to critique these things as, as we as we all are in this conversation. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I, I I I wasn't even like. Yeah, it wasn't even like they were. I, I wasn't like as as upset by them as to, no. I was just kind of like I wasn't really as a teenager picking up on just. Sure. I I completely forgot that Cheryl was. Ash's sister and I think it's interesting yeah. that there are two couples and then her and she's the first one to get picked off and then it's the two bros dealing with their girlfriends who are being possessed and then it ultimately I, I, I just found all that kind of interesting and yeah I also like, like you Brian and I love how lean and mean it is I don't I think it's got just the perfect amount of exposition for we found this book of the dead in the basement. Let's here see what this is going to is, is all about. And I do kind of like that. They are just like, whatever cabin in the woods. Honestly, that sounds kind of fun, especially like, you know, like I remember like one time I had a bubble in my lockdown. Uh, I had a lockdown bubble where we all just ran away for like a weekend. And it was like perfect. So it's even like the horror of it. I'm like, I don't know. It seems like, I mean, Mary Beth, you've talked about making you know films in cabins in the woods it sounds just kind of like even that i'm like i mean sure why not there's an appeal there like <laughs> i mean it wasn't bad it was yeah it was hard but it wasn't bad yeah i was in the middle of kentucky it was in the middle of nowhere it was great <laughs> yeah. i thought you were gonna say charlie in your covid bubble you had a book of the dead 
and I was very curious on how that went, but I guess not. <laughs> no, I was curious. I don't think I have it anymore, but I used to have, I think it was Evil Dead 2. It was like a special edition DVD that was a book yeah. of the dead, and it was oh, rubbery. Yeah. It was rubbery. Yeah. It was so cool. <laughs> it, it, yeah. You poked the eye and it screamed. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I think it yeah, got you like, look torn up over, over time. I think oh, my yeah. cat you, tore it up and like got all the stuffing out of it. Like, which, with, you look that up on eBay now and like every single copy is like decaying over time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about that. Yeah. Uh, so final thoughts on Evil Dead, Evil Dead franchise. What do we got? What do we got? Classic, 10 out of 10, shape cinema, shape indie horror cinema. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Um, one of my favorite bits in the movie too is um, I I like how mean the demons are in the movie and everything. How they're constantly mimic. And this is an interesting thing I've noticed in like several horror movies I watched this week. There's like something very unnerving to me about like a person like committing like horrible acts of violence and like evil acts and laughing in the face of it. There's something like just so unnerving about that. And like that's like in this. You're movie- gonna love when evil lurks. Oh wow! Yes. All right. Then. <laughs> yeah. But like the, the way like they're all like imitating like you know Ash's voice and everything like you know when like he's and like or m- when he's like crying and like you know actually like in expressing despair and like saying oh save her and everything and then but my favorite bit is when um there's the the trick where like uh it seems like uh Linda has like you know regained her humanity and everything and then like you hear uh, Cheryl call like say like Ash you know like I- I'm 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 free too and everything. But, like, I love that that particular demon is doing a really bad job of sounding human or saying, like, I'm ready to be let out I'm all now. Right. Or then they sound, like, really <laughs> yeah. annoyed. And it's like they're barely, like, they're just, like, I like that the demon's just a bad actor who can't conceal their evil uh, for long enough to keep up the charade. I just, I, I think that's, like, an underrated I, I, gag. Yeah. I also found it really funny, I forgot this time around, that he's outside with Cheryl for so long that by the time he goes back in, she's just escaped and you don't even see how because it's like, well, yeah, enough time has passed. Of course she's oh, going to get yeah, I think you do get, like, the when he's, like, burying um, his ex or his girlfriend, uh, like, you do get, like, the sort of brief cuts to, like, you know, the chains rattling uh, when, like, the, the hinges oh, yeah. are being burst off. But yes, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do kind of like, though, that it's just kind of like, well, yeah, he was outside for, like, like so long. <laughs> also, I'm, I'm just curious. What did everyone think of that necklace that he gave her? Because I was like, oh, the magnifying glass. That's like gonna come into play, and it it, it uses it as he uses it as a hook later on. But I was kind of like, oh, that's a weird piece of jewelry. And then I was just kind of like, oh. I guess the magnifying glass didn't pay. Uh, uh, who cares? It felt <laughs> like, like something that like they had, they didn't know what to use. Like, use this. You know what? I, it felt very yeah. like that. Very because again, so, I've been there where you're like, f- f- you fucking whatever, just do this. It's fine. No one will worry Sam, about it. Sam Raimi was just like, anyone got a necklace on set? <laughs> anyone got anything you can use? I think I did. I, I feel like at one point I asked something like that. Does anyone have this that I can use for like five minutes? Like. <laughs> <laughs> You know. Um, well, to wrap it up, I'm going to share this in the chat and that there was a comic book miniseries of Army of the Darkness and it was uh, Ash Saves Obama. What? There was four comic books of this. Ash Saves Obama. Huh. Wow. Who who wrote that one? Was it Raimi who wrote it? Or like one of the Raimi's? I guarantee it was not. There's no way. They just probably made money off of it. For them. Uh, Elliot Serino. That's that's who did it. Okay. Um, yep. Yep. 
<laughs> just wild times. Uh, there insane. are so many Army of Darkness comics, it's insane. There's crossovers with Darkman, there's crossovers with Marvel, Reanimator, tons of stuff. Shocking. Darkman rules. <laughs> Darkman's a fun time, yeah. I need to watch Darkman. I haven't seen Darkman. Oh, it's That's so fun. The one I haven't seen since high school. Yeah. I know. I need to watch it. I just have... Yeah, there's a lot of movies. Almost too many, even. <laughs> <laughs> there are too many movies. We need to cut it out. Just, like, give us a year where just nothing comes out so we can catch up just a little bit. Just a little bit. Or rewatch movies bit. like this again. Because <laughs> I was just like, how did it, how have I not seen this in, like, ten years? And, yeah, just so happy to That's revisit. why we have podcasts, to make us Thanks. watch movies that we haven't... Either make us watch things that we haven't seen, because that's my podcast, is mm-hmm. getting me to watch things that I have woefully not seen. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Almost Major. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please follow the pod on Twitter at Almost Major to keep up to date with what movies we will be covering in the future. Myself, I can be found on Twitter and Letterboxd at Kev Bonesy. Bryden can be found on Twitter at Bryden Doyle and on Letterboxd at Jay Doyle. Charlie can be found on Twitter and Letterboxd at CTNash91. Once again, thank you for listening.